10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from Qatar, this is The Breakfast Show with Dorian Brown. And I said, what about breakfast on TTR? And she said she thinks she remembers the radio show. Welcome to the Friday Breakfast Show, the start to the end of your week. I'm Dorian Brown. It's Friday, the 10th of December, and you are up in the Teachers Talk Radio Hizzle, where today we are talking about climate, nature, sustainability education, and how that should unequivocally be front and centre of our teaching in schools. Let's talk this out. Live from Qatar. This is The Breakfast Show with Dorian Brown on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning, campers. Thank you so much for breaking your fast with me this morning on what is for many, I think, the penultimate Friday of a long, busy and gruelling term. Um, The light is indeed at the end of the tunnel, and I guess as the cliche goes, we're uh, pretty much at the halfway point of the year, and uh, and it's all unicorns and rainbows from January, right? I I can dream, can't I? Anyway, wherever you're listening from today in the UK or around the world, I do hold firmly uh, onto the hope that the winter break will afford us some better opportunities, certainly than last year, uh, to connect with um, loved ones and and, and close friends who we may have only seen intermittently as we continue to take part in this hokey-cokey, seemingly unpredictable and energy-sapping pandemic. On a personal note, it's been about two and a half years since my wife and children have actually seen any of our family members in 3D, so I'm continuing to think positive thoughts so that we might be reunited soon, Uh, and of course, wish the same for any other listeners in a very sort of similar situation. Uh, Any such meeting that we do have, of course, will be done so fully within the rules and restrictions and bereft of any cheese and wine. Before we get cracking today, we've got an absolutely fantastic show uh, lined up. Uh, I do, as normal, always need to go to my co-host, or imaginary co-host, that is, Susie Dent, who provides us once more with a a topical and wholly apt phrase of the week. And this one is from the 16th century, and it's to give someone the bauble, which means, in essence, to play them for a sucker or fool. Now... I know that the festive time is is renowned for being the season of giving, but I do feel from certain quarters of late, and indeed over the past few years, that maybe too many baubles have been distributed and, and that our trees are, are about ready to fall. So uh, it, it has to be time for that bauble slinger to sling their hook, but uh, I fear that perhaps they haven't really got the baubles themselves to do this. So uh, read into, into that what you may. Here we go then, listeners. Um, It's time to get to the main event. Today we are continuing with what has very much been a well-picked thread in a number of my shows since, uh, since I began. And I hope that that really demonstrates how impassioned I am with the importance of, of this issue. We're talking environmental sustainability, of course, and in particular, the pressing need for us to ensure that us as teachers and uh, and, and educators, and that doesn't just fall on, ed, on, on teachers here, uh, if, 
to ensure that we are sort of willing and able and 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 by able I mean knowledgeable I guess um, but also empowered to be able to deliver an impactful curriculum on on all those issues surrounding the climate crisis global citizenship and earth stewardship you know academic uh, subjects are absolutely at this at, at the center of our of our uh, of our trade I guess um, but it is remiss of us to not yeah, fill in those gaps around the edges, etc., and 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 propel uh, our students into the in, into the world in which they are going to be, um, you know, the, the change makers, hopefully within, uh, and arm them with the with the with the skills and the dispositions um, to ensure that kind of long term sustainability of the earth. So, enough of me. Joining me uh, today to identify some of the ways in which we can support teachers to deliver this and and really empower students to feel able to make change and, and, and make a difference is Sam Kendall. Uh, Sam is the Education Manager at the Eden Project. So welcome, Sam, and thank you for joining us today on Teachers Talk Radio. And I think we've got a little connection issue. Um, so we're just going to head to the news first, actually, and see if we can sort that out for you. So we will be back with you in a jiffy. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Scottish Parliament has debated the usefulness of national ventilation guidance for schools. There have been concerns that basic measures such as opening windows is unsustainable with winter just starting and the new Omicron threat. Labour Education spokesperson Michael Mara said that the current mitigations were not enough. He stated, I know the government are committed to expanding outdoor learning. I would suggest there are better ways to go about it than bringing the Scottish winter indoors. Mr Mara is calling for two portable air purifiers to be installed in every classroom. Harvard University research has suggested that their use could reduce transmission rates of airborne virus by 50%. In Ethiopia, the Ministry of Education has decided to close all secondary schools for one week to allow students to harvest crops for those on the front line of the war. They will also be fundraising for members of the military, assisting families of those on the front line and giving blood. The Minister of Education said, it is impossible to live without a country and everyone has a responsibility to protect their country. The education sector must fulfil its national responsibilities. More than 1.2 million students are out of school due to the ongoing war in northern Ethiopia. In Tanzania, the government has announced that it will lift a ban which prevents girls from returning to school after childbirth. The ban has been controversial, with activists calling it discriminatory and the leader of the opposition, ACT Wazalendo Party, received death threats when he wrote to the World Bank asking them to withhold a loan to the government because of the policy. The founder and executive director of ACOA, New Generation, 
an organisation building capacity for girls who dropped out of school because of pregnancy, said, most of the girls who get pregnant in school lack basic sexual education. As we commend this development, most important step now is to invest in more sexual education and increase awareness among students about the impact of teen pregnancies and child marriages and encourage them to remain in schools. Tanzania has now become one of the last two countries in Africa to lift the ban against pregnant schoolgirls from accessing education. Only Equatorial Guinea still maintains the policy. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Live from Qatar, this is The Breakfast Show with Dorian Brown. Thank you very much, Gail, for the news there. I think we now have connection with Sam herself. So, uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Breakfast Show on Teachers Talk Radio. Uh, thank you, Dorian. I really hope you can hear me now. I've got you. You're coming through loud and clear. Thank you very much. Yes, a couple of gremlins in the system this morning. but. Um, so just before um, uh, we went to the to, to the news there, I did give you a, t- a tiny introduction to, uh, and, and the fact that you are currently the education manager at Eden Project. Um, so I wonder if, if you might start to sort of fill in, fill in a little bit more information for us, that, for our listeners, uh, give us an idea of who you are and, and your journey in education up to this, this pinnacle of your career, obviously, of uh, appearing on Teachers Talk Radio. Uh, Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I am indeed education manager at the Eden Project in Cornwall. Um, And uh, I've been doing that job for about 10 years. And I've been at the Eden Project um, nearly since it opened in 2001. I actually started as a volunteer uh, in 2001. Um, And prior to that, I uh, taught in schools in Bristol and in Cornwall. I'm a primary teacher by training. And uh, and I've got uh, teaching and, and education is kind of all 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 I know about really. That's that's everything I've done. So I spent my uh, gap year teaching in a convent school in Karachi, and um, I spent some time working uh, in an amazing farm school in South Africa uh, between my second and third year at university as well. Um, so yes, I've got a a long and and quite diverse career, and then this long old stint uh, at the Eden Project. Fantastic! And if anything uh, uh, says anything, it's it's that education is a vocation, and it seems to be that it's very much a. Uh, central to, to to everything that you have done in in your life um if if i may ask to start with as well uh, just to kind of get a sense because i've spoken to a number of teachers that have a have followed a similar path in the way that they have started in the classroom and then kind of moved out of the classroom uh, in but, but but still remained in kind of like the education sector so w- w- would you mind sharing perhaps why or, or the situation that kind of led you i guess to making the decision to leave uh, being a primary teacher and 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 go on to pastures new yeah i i guess it it almost needs kind of flipping on its head to be honest dorian because actually the thing that i wanted to do was environmental education so that 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 was kind of my um my passion i guess was you know how do we work with children and young people um uh, to learn in and about and for the natural world um and i guess um i saw 
spending time, you know, becoming a qualified teacher and spending time in school as kind of uh, a key step on that. But I, I always had a kind of eye to to wanting to do something slightly different with it. And then I was just, um, the timing was really fortunate for me with, with the Eden Project. So I, um, I'm from Cornwall, I was brought up down here, um, although I was, I was working in Bristol at the time. But when the Eden Project opened, I'd already encountered Tim Smith, who is the uh, co-founder of the Eden yes. Project, when I'd been volunteering at the Lost Gardens of Heligan. And, we had a, a week of appalling weather digging out the old boiler room and they kind of wheeled out Tim Smith to rally the volunteers and Manny talks a good game, you know, and I was kind of, oh, okay, so so where do I sign kind of thing? And and when, um, when the Eden Project uh, was, you know, initially being talked about in the press and things, it was on my radar and um, I kind of really zeroed in on it as... as yes. um, a thing for me and also you know my my kind of ticket back to Cornwall as well it's it's been you know I was just really lucky in right place right time yes yeah fascinating so you've been been poached if you like by the Eden project from the teaching profession but um, I'm sure as uh, as we're going to hear about uh, over, over the next uh, hour is that you know your uh, your your skills and your passion uh, for education very much have kind of permeated everything that you you have done over the time well, that you've been at the Eden Project. So um, having been there from the, the, the very start, I imagine you must have, it may have gone through um, a fair few changes and, and it looks very different to perhaps from what it does back in 2000, what it did back in 2001. Um, but I guess uh, I, I, I think many people, uh, I, th I think most listeners would have heard of Eden Project, but just in case there are a couple that haven't, would you give us a, a quick overview of what Eden Project is and maybe a bit of a bit of history uh, and what its original purpose was? Yeah, absolutely. So the Eden Project, I'll, t I'll tell you about the physical thing first, and then I'll tell mm. you about the, some of the thinking and ambition um, underpinning mm. it. So uh, Eden Project is essentially a, a botanic garden. We sometimes describe it as the living theatre of plants and people. <laughs> um, and the most kind of uh, iconic uh, sort of visible part of it is these two beautiful geodesic domes designed by Grimshaw Architects, which sit in, um, nestled in an old quarry in the middle part of Cornwall, uh, which used to be, so that this, the whole bit of middle of that mid part of Cornwall was um, China clay quarrying was the thing that happened there. Um, so the Eden Project um, pit, if you like, was coming towards the end of its economic life. Um, and uh, was you know a post mining landscape, um, mm. not much there in terms of uh, biodiversity or, or as I said economic activity anymore. So uh, Eden was a Millennium Project. It was funded as a Millennium Project, and kind of really uh, one of the things for me is that it really represents this kind of symbol of possibility and that you know transformation is possible. Look what a bunch mm. of really diverse people with really diverse skills can do um together for nature um when when you know when they set about a thing um and that so so that kind of underpinning eden is is a, a charity it's an educational charity we run ourselves as a social enterprise so the profits that we make go back into the 
social and environmental charitable work of the organisation. And it is about drawing those connections between um, people, between people and the living world with that sense of uh, gathering people into a movement to create positive change for, for all living things. Wow. And I, I loved what you said at the start there, the idea it's the living theatre of plants and people. Fantastic. A really nice way of putting it. Um, and, and so in terms of its, its, its purpose, like you said, it's kind of drink, sort of being this thing together. I think I, I, I've read somewhere that it's also been referred to as kind of the world's largest indoor rainforest or something like that. Is that? Oh, yeah. I haven't even it? talked about what's inside those. Oh, right. Okay. We're not. So, <laughs> so, yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. So, yeah, we have the world's largest rainforest in captivity. So basically, as I said, <laughs> this, this living theatre is... Mm. Um, is a place to showcase. Uh, it's the starting point of those conversations about our relationship with the natural world. And our, our medium, if you like, at Eden Project Cornwall, um, because, uh, yeah, more on that later, um, yeah. <laughs> is, is plants. So we've got uh, a tropical rainforest, so our visitors and our learners get to experience the sights and sounds and smells of the rainforest. But uh, unlike you know, a more traditional botanic garden, which might have a collection of really rare and unusual plants. Actually, the plants that we have in our collection are plants that um, tell the story of our relationship with, with nature through the things that we use every single day. So in our rainforest, we've got cocoa, we've got sugar, we've got bananas, we've got rice, uh, we've got coffee. So all of these kind of economically important plants products that we're all incredibly familiar with available in every corner shop um but which actually many of us you know have never maybe never even thought about the fact that you know they come from somewhere someone's grown them there are yes. environmental and social and economic implications of that you're a geographer dorian you you, you know this absolutely stuff, but, you know, yeah um so so it's about these these connections are our roots in to um, these bigger conversations then perhaps about, okay, so that's it, you know, that's interesting. Hmm, that seems a bit complicated. I wonder, uh, you know, who's pulling the strings there? I wonder what I can do to have some influence in that story. And, Absolutely. And we've also got a gorgeous Mediterranean biome as well. So again, you know, familiar to lots, lots of us uh, in the UK from, you know, remember when we used to go on holidays and things like that, but you know, um, reminiscent of holidays to the south of France or Portugal or Spain and there's olives and cork trees and lemons and oranges and then it's all set within uh, these amazing outdoor gardens so our kind of temperate biome if you like which is the one that hasn't got a roof on um, yes. so yeah again full of stories and art and plants and opportunities to explore and adventure um, through some of these ideas about our relationship with the living world wow it, it sounds it sounds it sounds a paradise but also a a, a, a collection of, of of lots of different biomes as you as you said there and and i love that kind of educational aspect of us being able to 
see where things have come from you know and particularly like i suppose when we're having these conversations with students like you know what do what you can you can have a, a drink of coffee but what does a cop you know where does coffee actually come from where does where does chocolate come from all of those sorts of things i think it's a really fascinating starting point um adele has texted into the show as well and said that she loves the eden project and she's looking forward to visiting soon so that's uh, so there you go you've got another uh, visitor on the uh, on the on the horizon there down with excellent. you there excellent if, if you get down for christmas adele the lights are looking amazing at the moment i'm wow. going to be there tonight with the music and lights it's looking gorgeous Wow, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, again, those of you that do know what the uh, the Eden Project looks like, it is an absolute um, marvel and, and, you know, in, in the landscape. And it just looks, it looks quite futuristic, doesn't it? I often, where, where does the design of the kind of the, the, the domes come from, Sam? Um, I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm no architect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about but whether it was more practical it's a based. Classic yeah. bit of, um, it's a classic bit of biomimicry, you know, actually, how can we look to nature to inform um, the things that we do as humans? And so, you know, the, the shape of the geodesic domes, the hexagons are key. Some people look at them and see a, a honeycomb. Some look, look at them and see uh, a fly's eye. Um, so there's that kind of real uh, connection with nature thing. But also, I, I understand, and, you know, these, these stories may have got uh, blurred in the telling, that when the architects and designers were first looking at the landscape, um, it was still being quarried. So they didn't actually know what the kind of, you know, final dimensions and shapes of this pit were going to be and so they settled on you know they had this inspiration around bubbles and you know that bubbles will um settle on whatever shape you put them on they'll 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 adapt and form to the shape and so that that idea grew out of that that actually if you had this kind of bubble like design it mm. would settle into whatever landscape um you had available for it Beautiful, absolutely lovely, and it does, as I said, look absolutely um, amazing. Um, great, thank you so much for, for for sort of filling us in there. Just, I guess, one last sort of last question on that, and 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 perhaps you'll you'll be able to help because you've you've been there as long as you have. But um, ha have you felt that the sort of the aims and the objectives of Eden Project have changed over time, or sort of I guess moved with the times, and perhaps maybe the, the, the has there now been a much greater focus on on the importance of education from when it I mean did it from where it started to where it is now um no I think you'd like to think that we've got more uh more sophisticated and more broad in our thinking you know so perhaps when when we started um our our education was kind of thought of as being the the public visitor experience and also our schools program and obviously we still do those things but we've also got university students on our site we run apprenticeships um you know so the kind of the and and, and obviously the 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 mediums medium media and the opportunities uh have expanded you know exponentially in terms of what we can do online and how we can use um, virtual opportunities to take our messages wider um, and but I actually think the 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 fundamentals you know that 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 underlying charitable mission although yes. we've tweaked the language actually 
we we that has stayed really solid and i feel like we've been on a real um <laughs> feel, feel a little bit like the the world is catching up with us a little bit now that's a bit you know that sounds arrogant but what i mean is that the the public narrative around mm. sustainability regeneration yeah. climate change has changed phenomenally in yes. the last 20 years since i've been doing doing uh, you know, working at Eden and doing this job. And so sometimes we felt really kind of out on a limb and like a bit yes. of a voice in the wilderness. And sometimes we felt incredibly mainstream, you know, and, mm. and my colleagues, we Eden Project was at, at COP. Uh, we had this beautiful yes. stand, which was kind of a really striking physical um, addition to, to COP. But we were right there in the middle of it, having incredible conversations with people from all over the world. And so, you know, that that feels um, incredibly current and like we are right there in the middle of some really, really interesting conversations at the moment. Absolutely. And and for, for what it's worth, I don't think it sounds like that sounded arrogant at all. I think, you know, it, it's very difficult, I guess, to kind of to, 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 to stand there now and say, I told you so, everybody, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, extolling the, 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 the need and the necessity for us to be to live more sustainably and to kind of, you know, work with nature rather than against it and make sure that we're, you know, responsible consumption and, and, and you know, earth stewardship, etc. Those things I think, as you've uh, as you pointed out, there it, it was it you did perhaps maybe in the early days early days feel very maverick and very tie dye and very kind of you know tree huggy etc. I suppose <laughs> you know back in the oh, back in no, the day. Like, no, t Tim Smith would definitely. There's, we've definitely never been tie dye. That's definitely right. <laughs> not in the shop, um, right? Okay, but 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 you get the one the sense of what I mean. Whereas it perhaps maybe seemed like that you were a little bit out there, and now, like you said, the world is catching up, or or, or like you said. Uh, again, public opinion and 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 the 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 appreciation of the importance of of conservation, etc. I think it's a lot more widespread now, and 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 it's you, you're no longer you know, on, on your own, but you could still, I think, and, and we'll talk a little bit later. Still, are also trying to to trailblaze ways in which we can be even more sustainable than perhaps uh, we we already are. Um, Listen, uh, it's been absolutely fantastic thus far, but time is uh, uh, getting away from us. So if I can just, uh, we're just going to stop for a quick ad break there, Sam, and we'll be back and I'd like to drill down a little bit more into your role on the Eden Schools team when we come back. So okay. just be back in a minute. Need support right. with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, Visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Live from Qatar, this is The Breakfast Show with Dorian Brown on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in 
Talk It Out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hey, welcome back to the Friday morning breakfast show. I am Dorian Brown and I am joined by Sam Kendall, who is the Eden Project Education Manager. Is that right? Did I get that right? That is right. I got that right. I got that right. I I keep wanting to add live from Cornwall. Uh, And she is live from Cornwall. Indeed, (laughs) Qatar is connected to Cornwall and we are also connected to a number of people in the in the studio as well from the UK and and beyond, in fact. Uh, So let's have a let's have a a, a drill down, as I said there, if if we may, Sam, uh, into your role uh, with Eden Project School. So on the the Eden Project website itself, we'll put all of the the links we mentioned in the in the show notes at the bottom. uh, But there's a a very big section, um, as uh, understandably, as we've said before on 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 education so could you give us an idea of i guess i guess what your role is as the as the as the manager of the of the education team and perhaps maybe give us an idea of what a typical day might be oh okay yeah so so let me give you kind of you know big big picture is that we are uh, that that eden project mission about connecting people with the the living world and with each other so that we can uh, create a, a movement of change towards a better future for all living things that kind of forms the the overarching um, of what we do and we are really interested in a kind of head hands heart approach if you like uh. how do we create programs for learning um, and experiences for our learners which will uh, leave them kind of inspired and motivated and wanting to make a difference uh, nice. that will you know the the kind of head stuff that they will have the knowledge and thinking skills to understand uh, enough about uh, the way that the world works and the complex systems that we live within and that some of the issues that that we're facing, but also that they have the the kind of skills, both in terms of, you know, um, practical skills and dispositions, collaboration and creativity, um, but also kind of, you know, personal uh, resilience, I guess, um, to, to be able to kind of have some agency and make some change with their new knowledge, their new information. So, so that kind of um, sets the scene. And then within that, there's a whole bunch of stuff that 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 we do to kind of manifest that that ambition, if you like, of which the, at the heart of it are live programs at the Eden Project. So um, for for 20 years, I, it, we have been kind of running a giant action research project, I guess, into, you know, mm. what works in whatever jargon you want to use learning for sustainability education Mm. for sustainability regenerative education but 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 what works and so there's a whole array of programs which are linked to our mission linked to opportunity you know the unique opportunities for learning at eden and of course linked to the curriculum as well you know we we, we're meeting people Mm. where where they are um so yeah, so that that is is our real bread and butter, and my uh, colleagues will will be heading in shortly to to set up you know our classrooms for another day of learning and activities at Eden. We've got schools coming in today to go ice skating. We've also got some online sessions running today. So we were 
um, our, our hands up. We were we were slow off the blocks with virtual stuff. It took the pandemic for us to notice that the uh, internet existed. We were busy. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We were. So pre-pandemic, we were welcoming 50,000 plus school visitors to to Eden each year. So we were busy. Yeah, busy, yes. Um, So, yeah, so we also run live virtual programs, um, sort of mediated. So working with whole classes of children mediated by their their teachers um, and we've got, you know, key. there's a climate session, there's a rainforest session, there's an introduction to kind of sustainable thinking session in our online menu. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff we do. You know, we, we know that young people, um, they can't they can't do this on their own. They need to be supported by um, teachers with um, the skills and the resources to, mm-hmm. to deliver, you know, nature, centered um sustainability focused learning and they need to be in you know thriving biodiverse school communities so we also work with teachers providing resources and training um, and with schools kind of um offering consultancy particularly around um outdoor learning and kind of uh outdoorifying and naturifying their school and their curriculum as well so there's a whole array yes. of, uh, of stuff so busy yes as it, <laughs> with all those things going on and I, and I love that that way that you, you that it has as you said it's kind of grown uh, over time and you have gotten gotten busier as, as as time has gone on with all the extra kind of programs that you've that you've that you've added and that kind of Kurt Han approach of the head heart and hand sorry head hand and heart um really does kind of resonate I think with me as well because it is that idea of that you know that, that we need to 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 uh, share the knowledge, yes, as, as early as possible in education, we'll share the knowledge about the importance of sustainability. Uh, we And we need to, and I think the hand is very much empowerment, isn't it? Kind of getting the message across that actually, you know, even if you are, you know, a, a, a five-year-old or six-year-old, etc., you can still do things that can um, make a difference uh, but also uh, can kind of bring every other people sort of on board as well and and, and that heart thing is really important because that is the you know we're, we're shaping the dispositions and we are we are we are um, make allowing the students to care and show that they they they, they everything has a value um, and we can't just continue to to exploit all, all of the things for for, for gain so there's some fantastic kind of uh, foundations, I think, that you've laid with your with your education program there to to to, to follow those that those ideals. Um, you, you, you mentioned um, <laughs> that you've done a 20, 20 year action research project there, um, uh, so you can find out what works. So, can I ask what does work? Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's another hole. So there are some things about. Um, so what I what I can tell you about a lot about is what works in terms of very short engagement. So uh, mm-hmm. the Eden Project. What you know, one of our main barriers to learning is that we get to meet children and young people for a really short amount of time. Mm. Um, so we. Um, so one of the things we 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 rely on to kind of help us with that is what we've kind of described as a, a story-inspired approach to learning. So we use a lot of um, 
narrative hooks, if you like. So right. setting challenges. So um, year three and four children who are coming. So what they're actually learning about is our food comes from plants and those plants come from all around the world. Um, and that there might just possibly be some issues associated with that, but they're seven, so we won't dig into that too deeply. Um, they they meet a chef when they arrive, and the chef uh, sets them a challenge to find the ingredients for a delicious global cake. Um, and then they have to solve clues and use coordinates and set themselves off around the Eden Project to fulfil this challenge. Um, so, you know, the, the win is... We, we've kind of, you know, we, we said the win is that actually if all the grown-ups left and the children still want to do the activity, we've we've nailed it. Um, I, so I'd quite like about... to interrupt. I, I'd quite like to. Did you do adult glasses as well? Because I'd quite, I'd love, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I know, I know. We there, It is a conversation we've had running for a number of years is how do we translate some of these experiences into grown-up things. Mm, so, um there is a, a definitely a thing about story. Yes, um, the power Eden of the story. Project, uh, fundamentally, there is a sense of um, so uh, hope and optimism is really really key. So and so we don't start with the bad news with our with the grown up visitors or with the children. You know, mm. actually, where you start and where you start with this stuff with children and young people is about connection. And that might right. be, you know, where does our stuff come from? But it might also be in school. Actually, it's about nature connection, you know, and, and that is is absolutely the the kind of underlying premise that if if we haven't got if we are not in relationship with the natural world in some way and the way that we develop that relationship is by being in in nature it doesn't have to be big nature it doesn't have to be wild you know exotic nature but actually so if we haven't got that relationship then it's going to be really really difficult for us to become um yes. environmentally concerned young people and adults and the you know there's some some really interesting research now starting to kind of you know there's a whole field of research around nature connection there's a mm. whole field of research around learning for sustainability, education for sustainability. And there's some um, really kind of not surprising, but now that, you know, those two areas of research are starting to kind of cross over and actually show that there is um, really strong links between your nature connectedness and your likelihood to become an environmentally concerned and active um, child young person, adult. So, um, yeah, using stories for engagement, nature yes. connection being at the heart of what um, we do. Um, other key things we've already talked about, that that sense of um, how do you develop a sense of agency and efficacy, you know, that this is, um, these are stories that matter and that affect your life and that there are things that you might be able to start to do to have some influence how do we support and work with our young people so that they feel like they are people who have efficacy and agency um and it's tricky i'm not you know <laughs> I'm like, here we go here we go here are all the answers now if you if you ask me a question about what works in outdoor learning in schools or those you know there's there's a whole different conversation we could have but those are some uh, yeah. connection agency 
and story are three kind of really fundamental principles for us in terms of what works. That's great. And and you, at the very beginning of what, of what you said there, you kind of highlighted a point to me that I hadn't considered the fact that, yes, you do see uh, a coach load of students maybe one you know they may have come from quite far and it's and so there won't be that kind of regular uh, I mean I, assu- I assume that you do with some of your regular s- schools do have a kind of re- regular connection and you can build upon that but yeah what do you do with the um, with the with the one-time <laughs> one-time visitors and and it, it, do you I mean there's a lot of questions that I think come from that but I mean the <laughs> the it, obviously the possibility is to have a, a one-time visit and then to follow up virtually right so there's to so you can kind of build on that but um i i, I really like the 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 idea of starting with the good because you know the students already kind of get an awful amount of the bad um through the media and it has very much led to this kind of crisis of of anxiety i think amongst our our young folks and you know everything seems very doom and gloom in a lot of um, a lot of avenues and so I, I think it's a it's a bit of a default message that gets given to students when we're talking about environmental issues that look at all of the the problems that exist and here here's how you can fix them. Um, so I love that approach. What you've just said about you know instead let's think about how we are connected, how we are you know one one with the world, and how we can generate a sense of of ownership and and and, and belonging and, and I guess um responsibility as as global citizens i think that's a really powerful and, and, and beautiful picture that you've just painted for us there um and and also i think let let's look at uh, you know so the kind of the jeopardy scary bit sits in the middle so there's a beginning mm. bit which is about connection and um you know that that sense of wonder and joy in the natural world and then there's a kind of end of the story which is about looking at what can we learn from what people, individuals, organisations are already doing and how can we use that both to kind of um, inspire us and give us hope and and optimism, but also, you know, to learn, look at what they're doing and learn from it. And so, 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 yeah, there's a kind of process there that starts with connection has got the kind of jeopardy bit in the middle. But actually, Mm. the, the end of that journey is about looking outwards for inspiration and information and uh, where the good and interesting stuff is happening and seeing seeing what we can learn from that. And that's, you know, one of the um, unique opportunities for Eden as a kind of environmental education organisation is that we are also running, a, you know, X million pounds a year um, business along sustainable principles. Um, you know, we've set ourselves a, a net zero carbon target by 2030. So we're trying to kind of um, do the job ourselves as well as teaching and learning about the thing. Mm, practice what you preach, as it were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. We, won't, we won't get it right all the time. And that's that's also part of it. You know, that's absolutely also what we should be be talking about. And it's it's complicated. You know, one of the things I find myself kind of saying to young people a lot. So we play with um, the sustainability triangle, you know, social, economic, environmental, or I really love the um, enhanced version of that, which is the development compass rose developed by the yes. uh, Development Education Association. And, you know, and I and I find myself saying to, to young people, look, if there was something that was 
good for the planet, good for people and made money, we'd already be doing it. Duh, mm. you know, obviously <laughs> that mm. would be winning. Somebody somewhere would be doing it. The whole point is that it's complicated and, yes. you know, and we have to make tricky decisions and that's why we need information and we need tools, things like, you know, sustainability thinking tools to help us make those decisions because, um, yeah, if it was a no-brainer, then it would yes. be a no-brainer. Of course. And I think instilling those kind of those relationships between those things, uh, again, as I keep saying it, but as early as possible is, is vital, right? Because that kind of nexus thinking between, um, you know, energy, water and food and, and, and knowing that, you know, if there was a if there was a, a perfect um, way of ensuring security of food, water and energy now and for the future, then, yeah, we'd like to think that we, are, we would be already doing it. But the, the fact is that we're not. And so, um, you know, we're trying to empower and, and enable, you know, the, the, the students, I guess, to, to have the capacity to, to innovate and, and, and come up with some ideas about how some of these things can be addressed. You know, it's, it's, you know, the amount of water being used to, you know, to grow, to grow food or, or to grow uh, cotton for, for clothes, you know, making those explicit links, I think is, is vital and, and actually quite um, enjoyable, I think, to teach as well. I kind of said earlier about how, you know, seeing where coffee comes from is great, but also when you consider how many, you know, a pair of jeans, how many different countries are, uh, are involved with the manufacturing of one pair of jeans and how much water is used and, uh, and, and how much carbon is released, etc. I think those, those kind of there's a story to, to, to those and, and that, that kind of journey is a really good way of kind of getting the message across about um, the an individual's impact on the planet and, and ecological footprint. So, gosh, yes. Um, so there's a load of a load of things there, which I, I hope that we'll um, we will kind of just touch back on uh, in the ne in the next section when we're, when we're talking about sort of a climate curriculum. But um, Let's, uh, if I may as well, because on top of everything that you've already uh, laid out for us there, uh, you, you also um, support uh, schools through their coursework, um, I believe, and their, their, their um, curriculum uh, requirements as well. So would you, what subjects is it that you perhaps maybe seem to, uh, I'm assuming sort of geography is, is definitely up there, but what other subjects uh, do you support in their, in their coursework? Um, so the, the, the big ticket ones are geography and science and we have got, um, yeah, programs right through, you know, from, from early years to, to a level and we welcome undergraduate and postgraduate groups as well, but there are particularly, um, one of my colleagues is, um, works part-time for us and uh, is a geography teacher in a secondary school um, as well and so he has worked up some some programs that are you know bang on sort of GCSE geography requirements um, and yeah so so definitely that primary science we've done loads of work uh, around primary science over the years and we've got a new uh, we'll be publishing a new uh, lesson resource in the new year called Paradise Pastures, which is all about um, using your school grounds, uh, exploring biodiversity, um, using that story-inspired approach that I have mentioned, but really bringing in all of the primary science inquiry skills and, and working scientifically approaches as well. Um, so, yeah, we're, we are... so. 
quite often in botanic gardens, um, the education team are sometimes gardeners who have developed an interest in education. Um, and my team are all, uh, all have all spent time teaching in schools um, and have come to kind of work in environmental education through that that school school route so yeah we're we're fairly deeply embedded in in meeting you know we we really want to meet the needs of the mainstream we're we're not um eden's eden's positioned quite interestingly i think where we can you know we we live in a slightly alternative um education world but actually we absolutely want to to sit in the middle where we can bring some of these ideas about nature-based approaches um sustainability approaches and meet teachers and children and young people exactly where they are now in the current current system because um we haven't got time we haven't got time to you know bring about the revolution and then start (laughs) over we we need to start now yes absolutely and i think and 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 starting now requires us to also have the the knowledge and understanding of all these things we're not kind of you know just brainstorming are we we need to make sure that the the things that we are doing now have to have some sustenance to them and 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 they come from a place of where people you know from from a 20-year um action research project for example or or from as you said the the experience of, of 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 your team who are um passionate about um gardening uh, but also have experience in education as well and I, I remember you mentioned earlier as well the the importance of the of a lot of research which has been taking place between you know making connections and 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 your you know your caring disposition so it's 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 fantastic to hear that you know there is um a, a great deal of ex- exploration of the research surrounding and supporting a lot of the the the, the things that you're 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 doing uh, in the education department there mm-hmm. um we we run we run around being crazy chefs. <laughs> we're deeply deeply serious about the job at hand. You know, sometimes people yeah. are like, oh, you're just you're playing. It's like, well, yes, we are, but we're we're doing it this way because we think this is the way that brings about the most powerful yes. and effective learning for sustainability. So yeah, chefs hats on. Let's go yes. and let's cake. Go. Fantastic. Well, um, I'm sure you're going to get a number of visitors now, just as you know, to, that want to come and just play that, uh, play that making the cake <laughs> game as well. So, uh, um, but but what I, what I hope is really um, sort of coming through here as well, uh, listeners, is is you know just just the importance, I guess, of of of, of looking for opportunities within our curriculum uh, to start to kind of embed these the, these ideas, and and I often I often think that. Uh, teachers sometimes don't feel that they have the the knowledge uh, or, uh, or resources, I guess, to to kind of start these conversations. They may be pa- passionate about the environment themselves, but perhaps maybe where the starting point for for teaching a class or or, or even you know designing a a series of lessons, etc., based on on global uh, earth steward stewardship or something along those lines. You know, Eden Project is one of many examples of, 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 a, of a place where you can go and get some fantastic resources. Um, uh, and just as a sort of little hat tip, actually, to, to, to the, the Eden at Home uh, resources that you've got, could you, um, I don't know, did, this, did the Eden at Home um, section come from COVID or, or yeah. was that on there before? Uh, Eden at Home uh, was was brought together as a kind of united 
piece of work on our website as a as a lockdown mm. project. So yeah, they are. Right. Um, so there's there's two kind of different strands of of learning resources. There's on our website. Um, there is some school stuff, um, which we might talk about more in a minute. Which is mm. very kind of you know curriculum linked and uh, is 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 all proper um <laughs> and also the the eden at home which are more kind of family focused but might work really well as kind of starter activities um some of them have benefited from the work of our excellent design team so there's some really lovely infographics and things on there as well yeah great so a good starting point for for kids of any age and and adults of any age as well things that you can be kind of uh sort of scratching the surface on at home and and and, and building as we said those that kind of knowledge and those dispositions at, at home so yeah let, let's uh, let's jump uh, straight into into the the, the the school curriculum aspect now if we can then uh, sam as you uh, as you mentioned just there um how does how does that look how does that work so one of the one another one of our, our lockdown projects, and I was really um, I, I listened to geography your show with geography Paul last week, and was really struck by um, the 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 parallels of of some of our thinking. But we have been working with um, an organisation called the Harmony Project, um, right. and our, the the key person in that is is a chap called Richard Dunn, who's an ex primary head. Uh, ran a really successful school, and he um, was really inspired by Prince Charles's book uh, called Harmony, uh, which is is about kind of how there are fundamental underlying principles in the natural world, and if if we were to kind of choose to design and live by them, we we might be doing a better job than we're currently doing. And Richard applied, developed, and applied this thinking in an educational context. Um, right. So he bought these harmony principles, um, things like geometry, things like connection, you know, things there's, there's kind of no big surprise in there, but he applied it both to his curriculum in school and also to kind of the whole way of, of approaching the work of their school as well. And so we have been working with Richard to develop some half term um inquiries of learning so they're half term kind of topic plans i guess mm. um but which take uh eden's story inspired approach which take harmony's nature principles of nature but also are completely grounded in the current curriculum and a subject based approach to that curriculum so basically there is a holistic kind of narrative there's a challenge set at the beginning there's a thread that runs through each week across all subjects there's a thread that runs um, through each subject across all of the weeks um, and we have published two um, so far they're free on our website one is a, a rainforest and biodiversity inquiry um, for year four and the second one is a climate inquiry for year five and um and we would love to to play with them with some people you mm. know it, it it was a it was kind of a lockdown project in in terms of you know we we kind of um 
did it ourselves. It wasn't done in a kind of hugely sort of collaborative way with loads of schools and loads of teachers. But actually what, what we've done is now put put something out there and we would love to find some teachers and schools who who want to, to play with those ideas with mm. us and, you know, maybe form a little gang um, who we can we can support virtually um, and and find out what works and whether that's a, a, a meaningful and useful thing for people. Oh, absolutely, and I think as 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 we'll move on to talk about it, the you know the DFE's recent report on how we're going to improve climate change and sustainability education. You know, um, heads, uh, governors, you know, even should now be looking at such things, shouldn't they? And uh, if if they haven't already, and they they need to be thinking at how they can, uh, how schools can weave in uh, climate uh, curriculum uh, as uh, again uh, as early as possible. Um, but I think the approach that you've mentioned there, the way of, 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 again, identifying that it's not just a science thing, it's not just a geography, geography thing, it's saying it's, you know, it's every, every subject, every area has a, has a contribution, has a part to play. And it's, it's important that, that uh, the, mess, the same message is being given or the, you know, the, the join that we're able to give the students those, that, that joined up thinking and, and saying this isn't just a, a geography issue or a science issue. It is, you know, it, it is, it is much much bigger and connected like that and and i, I would uh, yeah it w- as a secretary teacher obviously for me as a geography teacher we we we, we hit a lot of notes uh, just in on, on, in the curric- national curriculum itself um and uh, but perhaps maybe it might be a little bit more difficult in secondary schools of different subjects to kind of weave these things in um is it the fact that i guess in primary and again i'm going to step on some primary toes here i know but but is it not, this isn't an add-on. What what you're saying, the the, the program is it? It's, it's almost like it's a it's a it's a it's a unit of work which kind of pulls on threads from 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 different areas and and and, and enhances skills in different areas. Is that right? Yeah, abs- absolutely. And and it you know so what, what we haven't kind of we haven't gone there in terms of saying oh this is how to do your phonics in a nature-based way so we know that there are some things that in in primary schools are you know and 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 most primary schools have got their you know their their literacy kind of um program that they so we have made suggestions for um maths extensions and english and literacy extensions but then um science all and all of the core curriculum subjects, uh, all of the foundation subjects, are all covered um, in these inquiries. So basically, you can you can pull together uh, with your maths and English a coherent half term of work, so that um, children are not only kind of embedded in these more sort of nature based sustainability focused approaches, but are also getting. Um, starting to see the joins so you know we we talk a lot about systems thinking and how do we um you know part of the reason we've got ourselves in the trouble that we're in is is our tendency and the tendency in academia to look at things you know tiny in tiny slices and that in order to uh be more sustainable we need to think more systemically okay well let's start with the curriculum then let's teach the the curriculum as if actually there are links between these different subject areas so that's what we have tried to do but in a way that will allow you um you know 
forgive the language to kind of tick the boxes of like okay so i've covered that in geography i've covered that in history um but yeah trying to 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 make i guess that curriculum coverage more than the sum of its parts by having Mm. this kind of uh holistic wraparound for it Right. And, and, and I think, yes, I agree. I, I, and, and the year four work, for example, Rainforest and Biodiversity, I'm sure, and, and I know from sort of teaching um, in secondary that, you know, the rainforest is often is often uh, part of the curriculum, actually, in primary anyway. So it's 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 building on what perhaps maybe what already exists, which which again would be would, would be good, interesting to look at. So, yes, if any sort of primary teachers, year four, year five, et cetera, are kind of, um, you know, Indeed, taking note of the of, of the newly new, newly published DFE plans to to improve sustainability education, I you know we will put Sam's uh, contact details in the in, in the notes, um, and do do reach out, do get in touch because I think it's very much a uh, you know it's a it's a very useful, very valuable uh, thing uh, that 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 Sam's uh, and and the Eden Project are trying to do, um, and. You know, we need to we need to kind of get the get the momentum going, if you like, and getting these things uh, embedded in in our primary schools. Uh, we're just going to pause very quickly here for a word, a two minute tech from Steve Woods. It's a new feature uh, on Teachers Talk Radio, so we'll be back in a couple of minutes to speak more things Eden Project. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, I'm Steve Woods, and this is Two Minute Tech. Shortcuts are key combinations that allow tasks to be performed faster. You may be familiar with Control-C for copy and V for paste. Here's one that may just change your life. Did you know there's a shortcut for bookmarking a web page? When browsing the internet, you can quickly bookmark a page by holding down Control and pressing D. If on a Mac, it's Command and D. Once you press this key combination, you're presented with the option to save the page into your bookmarks. Now, that might not be the most earth-shattering revelation in your use of tech, but let's add a little more to the mix with an additional three-key combination. Hold Control, Shift and press B. You can also now show and hide your bookmarks bar. On this bar, you can park your most common bookmarks. Again, on a Mac, replace Control with the Command key, Command, Shift and B. The bookmarks bar can speed things up and you can arrange about 10 bookmarks by dragging them around. Now let's apply this to teaching and improving efficiency. Do you use multiple websites in different lessons and spend time opening them individually? Is your bookmarks bar cluttered or do you drop hyperlinks into your presentations and then wait for them to open? Wouldn't it be great if you can open all your web pages in just a couple of clicks? Well, you can. When creating a bookmark, there's an option to make a folder. So while researching a lesson or topic, you can save bookmarks into one place using the wonderful Control D. Here's the magic. If you right click a folder and select open all, guess what? All bookmarks in that folder open in new tabs ready for your lesson. So when you're planning, use Control D and make a new folder. When you want them, all sites can almost instantly be on your screen and ready to go. Those shortcuts again. Control D to bookmark, Shift Control B for the bookmarks bar, and right click Open All to open all bookmarks in a folder. If on a Mac, replace Control with Command. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from Qatar and Cornwall, this is the Breakfast Show <laughs> with Dorian Brown. 
Brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Stephen. It just got me a little, planted a little seed of an idea in there that if we can have a two-minute tech uh, uh, little snippet in our show, then should we be thinking about a two-minute climate crisis bit uh, in our shows as well? So I'm going to take that to the thinking uh, thinking board and, and, and revert. Um, uh, so welcome back to The Breakfast Show. Uh, we are fastly hurtling toward, fastly, uh, <laughs> uh, quickly hurtling towards the end, the end of the show. And we have got a, a couple of other things that I'd like to kind of just discuss there with Sam. But a lovely uh, question from Kaylee, uh, who's uh, texted in and said that she loves the idea of, of embedding the, the, uh, uh, the curriculum, uh, the Rainforest Biodiversity and the Climate, uh, one which uh, Sam spoke about before the break there. Uh, if you're a teacher with no leadership role or TLRs, where do you start? So I guess Kaylee's question there, Sam, is, um, is you know, if if you don't have any, uh, I guess, influ- I suppose you do, you do have influence to, to a degree as a, as a teacher, but what, what, would, what would your response be to Kaylee there in terms of where, where would you start in trying to get the, the, the ball rolling? Um, thanks, Kaylee. So, yeah, we we run a, a program called Eden Project Changemakers, which um, is a, an online course all about exactly this topic. So it's um, about how do you bring uh, education for sustainability into your school? But I'm, I'm running it in partnership with a colleague, Alex Bell, who's a school leadership coach. And we spend lots of time thinking about uh exactly that topic how do you make this change in your school um and one of the things that we talk about is is uh stephen covey's idea of your your different spheres of influence and that you have got um a sphere of of control uh, a sphere of influence and 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 that kind of sits within a wider sphere of concern so uh i think um your your kind of operating space there is your sphere of control actually yes. you know are there things that you do have absolute control of around what and how you teach with your children in your class that you can just do um and you know there are so many as as um paul mentioned last week there are there are so many resources out there that actually you know overwhelm is is more of an yes, issue than, than um uh, a, a lack of resources um but then you know this is a, a live a live conversation so in terms of your sphere of influence actually you know in conversations in in your school um we are we are heading the the world is changing faster than educate. I know education is constantly changing, but actually, in terms of where we're heading with this stuff, um, the the world that our children and young people are heading into is going to be unrecognisable. Even in terms of of the climate stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, we've got a, a is it a eighty five percent reduction target by by twenty thirty? So you know, 2035, I think. So children in reception now are going to be emerging into a workplace that looks completely different to the one that we are in now. So I think it is completely valid to be um, starting conversations about um, this stuff in terms of meeting the, the, the needs of our young people now and in the future. Um, you talked about, I, I wasn't familiar with the research you talked about last week, Dorian, about um, 
climate and environment as a safeguarding issue. But again, I think that mm. that's maybe another another route in. It's kind of finding what what's the the What's the live conversation in your school that actually a more nature-based and sustainability-focused um, mm-hmm. approach might be the answer to? You know, actually, is it a well-being thing? Is it a careers thing? Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, I don't know, citizenship for your is school? It? Is it a mm-hmm. citizenship thing? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's kind of what what is live in your school at the moment that this you can go, ah, here, here we go. I think this might be the answer we've been looking for for. I like that. I like that very much, actually. Yes. What is the live conversation? What is it that you can, because there is a, whatever the conversation is, there is, of course, a, a way of being able to kind of uh, weave this in, isn't there? I think, I don't think there's any kind of, any way that anything cannot be weaved into this. And, and Kaylee's just said, oh, she loves a course and, she, um, and, and sign her up. So there you go. You've got a, <laughs> uh, another change maker added to the, uh, added to the roster. Um, and I, I, I think that's a beautiful example, actually, of this. Um, I don't know if you've seen in, in, in I think it's, in, it's, it's been used in tech innovation before. It's the, it's the, uh, the, the three train carts. Uh, analogy where you've got kind of people in the front cart which are they're your change makers the people that are uh, really wanting to kind of push and drive forward and make change in schools to bring in the curriculum you've got the middle cart of those that are they have the will but not necessarily the way so they're interested but mm-hmm. perhaps maybe need a little bit of a uh, bit of bit of guidance and support and then you've got the the, the, the third one which unfortunately is the well I've always done it this way and it's not going to change type thing and and, and where we should be focusing our time, as, as, as fun as it would be and as, as enriching it would be in, in spending our time in cart number one, they, they're, they're on it. You know, they're, they're, they're doing it already and they're looking for opportunities of which they can, you know, they, they can really kind of grow sustainability within their, within their classrooms and, and, and are probably doing things in, in addition to what's already on the curriculum as well, right? So our focus has to be just like Kaylee in, in the in the. In the in that kind of middle cart you know she is really likes the idea really wants to do something but needs to be empowered as to how how she can do it and is is that where you see sort of the majority of eden projects projects kind of focused on that middle cart of of empowering and enabling Uh, absolutely and being um you know, we're, we're incredibly fortunate that we get to meet and talk with all kinds of interesting people, both from, from within and outside the education sector. So, yeah, I, I really see that as being a, a role for us. It's kind of um, showing people, you know, showing people what's possible by being a bit of a signposter, really. And, mm. and yes, we, we do stuff ourselves as well. But it's also about being that kind of um, conduit, if you like, for the good stuff that's that's happening. Absolutely. Great. And, and Kaylee's asked if there's a website for the for the course that you've mentioned. And I think we can put that in the show notes at the end if that's it is com slash changemakers. There you go. Perfect. Nice and simple. That's what it says on the tin. Um, right. Okay. Um, now I've, I've mentioned them um, before that little section there about the, 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 um, the, the plans to improve climate change and sustainability education in, in, in England, the, the new DFE report there. Um, there are four, there are four areas uh, to the report and, and it's a, it's a proposal, I think at this stage, isn't it? Um, and it kind of aligns that, uh, the UK with us being a signatory of the Paris Agreement, um, that we are to be net zero by 2050. Um, there's also a, a, one of the strands as well of the strategy is to uh, 
um, is to push forward the UK Environment Bill, um, which is essentially setting targets for reducing water, air pollution, waste, uh, and increased sort of resource productivity. Um, so, if that is the case, you know, so if we have this, you know, this is a proposal to start with, but I mean, I think it's very, very likely that these sorts of uh, these sorts of things are going to be um, a lot more. Um, commonplace um, and we mentioned earlier actually about how Eden Project was already you know ahead of the curve if you like in terms of trying as a trying to make it operationally or, or running as a you know let's say you know a, a charity um, trying to run it net zero so Sam would you kind of give us a bit of a, a, a not the inside track per se but just give us an idea about what what sorts of things that Eden Project are doing in order to to become net zero carbon um, and how you are, I guess, modeling that for other organizations and schools for to, to copy. Yeah, um, I can. So, <laughs> so we have, I mean, obviously we have been, you know, working to reduce our environmental impact ever, ever since we opened, but we, we have really upped our game recently and have published uh, our own uh we're calling it climate positive strategy because we think some of the language around net zero carbon uh is really confusing potentially right. um yes. and you know we already do things like we uh don't sell any single use plastic on our site we have loads of um places you can fill up your water bottles we are reducing the amount of meat in our menu offering we um compost all of our food waste we've got a giant industrial composter uh, so all of those you know bits of pasty crust and things that don't get eaten end up in there and that of course ends up back on the garden so so there is that and then um yeah, the, the big ticket for us, and we uh, this isn't necessarily replicable for everybody, but at the moment, uh, we have just finished drilling a four and a half kilometre deep hole uh, in what used to be one of our car parks on the edge of edge of our site, uh, which is going to which is a geothermal project. So, wow. um, so in, I, I'm like a four and a half kilometer deep hole. It's a really, really <laughs> it's long. There, yeah. There's one other deep geothermal hole in, in Cornwall, uh, which I, and I got to visit the kind of site and they had drilled, I think, a two and a half kilometer deep hole and pointed out from their viewing platform, you know, the, the hill across the valley past the trees behind the church spire, which was the distance that their whole hall ran because they run kind of wow. they don't go down vertically they sort of run so yeah so we have wow. uh, <laughs> through the cornish granite uh hit a, a fracture zone which is the important significant another significant part of the geology for geothermal to work the uh, the the engineers are a bit cross apparently because they're their predictions were 50 metres out on where they thought the fracture zone was going to be, but that's the kind of world that engineers are <laughs> um, And basically what, what you do, and it's only like, uh, you know, it's about a, a two-foot diameter hole. The, so the mm. drilling technology itself is boggling. Um, so the, the hole has been drilled, and basically what you do, I'm no engineer, so forgive me, 
is put water <laughs> down the hole. It goes four and a half kilometres down. It uh, wiggles through the existing fractures. So this isn't fracking. These are existing fractures in, in, in the rock. Um, you pump it back up. And basically, that will give us enough um, heat energy um, to heat our site. So instead of uh, wow. using gas for our boilers, which we currently do to keep our rainforest hot, we will have our own heat energy supply. Um, if we are able to, we would like to bit, drill a second hole, which will uh, allow us, then you put, put the water down one, pump it back up the other, and it's a sufficiently high temperature that you can turn a turbine and also generate um, green electricity as well. So wow. you know, this is kind of game changer. And this, what we, we're sort of talking about this idea of, of spaceship Eden, you know, actually how, how can we, Eden itself become a, a, a closed loop yes. system. Self-contained system, um, yes. And clearly that's not directly replicable. You know, we're not... Yes, don't, listeners, don't go out and start digging in your back garden right now. Yeah. <laughs> we will learn loads and loads and loads um, along yeah. that journey, um, which we will be able to share. Um, but we've also, in our in our kind of set ambition for our net zero carbon climate positive strategy, um, we've gone large on the ambition. So um, in... In and again, I'm I'm slightly off my my patch here, but um, organisations who are talking about their emissions talk talk about scope one, scope two, and scope three emissions. So scope one is emissions that you create actually on your site by you know burning the gas in your boilers. Um, mm. Scope two is is emissions that effectively you have bought into your site. So electricity that you buy where the emissions have been created somewhere else but scope three looks at all of the kind of upstream and downstream impacts of your organization so for example at eden project within our net zero carbon ambition we are including um the the impacts of everything that we sell in our restaurants and in our shop and the impact of all of the visitor travel to get to the Eden project. So, you know, there's a line wow. in our net zero carbon calculations about school coach travel to the Eden project and how we are wow. going to either mitigate or offset that. So yeah, it's a it's That's... a huge and ambitious piece of work. Um, and mm. and we will be, you know, there's a there's a whole bunch about it on our website. And again, we will be um, sharing our journey so that other people can can hopefully you know learn from our mistakes yes. and the things oh. that we get right. Absolutely, and I think that that is the, providing the, the the blueprint for for that for for organisations and businesses. I think is is vi is a vital thing, and 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 it's it's amazing that you are thinking of that bigger that bigger picture because often um, and and many large organisations are, are guilty of this, aren't they? Of of not thinking about where what practices are being used about where their ingredients if you like for one for a better phrase come from and also where their waste goes to as well so actually that blueprint of ensuring that you kind of are conscious and and, and you ensure that the source of your uh 
raw materials and 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 where your your emissions and, and whatever whatever go or your your waste products go to and packaging all, all of those things um those things are the agents of change aren't they Be, because you're saying no you're saying no to poor practices that 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 aren't good for the environment etc that way and and i like the the the, the 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 study on the pygmalion effect you know you said you're you've set very ambitious targets but that's great because hopefully everyone will can follow and also be overly ambitious not necessarily achieving what they what they have set out to but by my goodness like how much more they would have achieved by setting that kind of you know that that very aspirational target in the first place is something which i think we can we can definitely learn from so uh, where is the um so this the, where will the, the this journey if you like be kind of um published and publicized sam so that we can we can see the the, the progress so i mean as i say there's, a, there's already a whole section on our website Mm. And we are a charity, so we we report annually as well. Um, so as as a minimum, those those two places. Um, our our sustainability manager is uh, Charles is coming along to our uh, the next session of Eden Project Changemakers to you know to to get really tangibly begin that process of talking to to teachers and to schools about how. Um, our, so you know the, the the energy and climate stuff is only one strand. We've got kind of five headings in our regenerative sustainability strategy. We also are thinking about biodiversity. We're thinking about yes. water. We're thinking about people and engagement as as part of that as well. So yeah, we're we're not Brilliant. kind of um, uh, waving a flag to say, hey everybody, we we've nailed it. You just need to do this because actually, um, you know, back to my earlier point, it's it's hard, <laughs> it's hard and complicated, mm. and yes. um, you know, these are are big changes. But these are you know big big challenges and headaches coming for you know school business managers and mm. managers and chief operating officers of multi academy trusts. You know, as as publicly yes. funded organizations they are going to be swept up in the transition to to net zero carbon um you know very very soon um absolutely it's going to be be statutory you know i'm sure before long Mm. and schools will be required to report on their carbon and biodiversity yes uh, as well as everything else that they're required to (laughs) yes um, wow and how beautiful that will be if we when we get there not if when when we get there how 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 beautiful that will be and the fact that you know eden project had you know really trailblazed and kind of piloted you know the the, the these things and and other organizations as well that are trying to sort of innovate and make these make make this kind of this this dream i guess a reality um wizzy mc has joined us he's texting from uh, Uganda, actually. So welcome, Wizzy. Uh, we're just coming towards the end of the, the, the show right now. We've got uh, one one last ad just before I kind of uh, thank uh, Sam for spending uh, her time with us this morning and sharing all of her all of her fantastic work that she's doing with the Eden Project. I am going to kind of ask just one more question after, after the ads, if I may, uh, and then we will close out. So we'll be back in 45 seconds. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. 
Essential letters and sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Welcome back to the Friday morning breakfast show. Dorian Brown here, joined by Sam Kendall. We have had a fantastic uh, discussion about all things Eden um, and the amazing work that Sam and her team are doing with the education section uh, of the Eden project. And, and we've also talked about some really kind of uh, pertinent uh, futures, I think, uh, of which we're trying to to all um, uh, work towards, or, or at least kind of bring everybody on board in terms of working working towards. Um, I just for the last the last couple of minutes here, uh, Sam, um, I was sort of looking through this uh, this report, the, the the draft strategy from the DFE, um, and there's a really good diagram on page nine, which kind of gives you this idea of this sort of a theory of change and it's got this uh these kind of uh, what they call flow charts i guess and and climate education is the very first one and i think in our conversation um you know the flow chart is very much what what um uh what eden project does but the the, the one below that one green skills and careers is actually also i think really relevant for for what you do as well it has these kind of these these the, these boxes moving along and the the activity for green skills and careers is is to deliver programs for young people and adults to train retrain and upskill for green jobs and i think that the reason i mention it is because that's what you were i think mentioned referring to earlier about these kind of the, the different world and everything that 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 people are going to be living in 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 20 or 20 odd years time if you like um the outcome there meaning Programs will boost green skills in line with industry needs and support the transition to net zero. And then the impact on young people is that more young people access green jobs and career. And this leads to excellence in education and hopefully net zero or climate positivity as uh, as the Eden Project uses. So um, it looks like the wheels are in motion, Sam. It really looks very, um, you know, if, as you said just before the ads there, um, it looks like you know everybody is going to have that responsibility. Everybody is going to be, uh, as you said, swept up uh, and 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 switched. So, so what part? So, my final question to you really is: is what part do you see uh, Eden Project continuing to play in that kind of transformation from uh, from normal practice, day to day practice, to to the, the whole country becoming more climate positive? Oh well, I, I think. Um, I, I've kind of done a canter around all of the key areas, but the, the one thing that I haven't really mentioned is the fact that um, I started talking about Eden Project Cornwall rather than Eden Project because mm. um, Eden Project Cornwall is now the first Eden Project, not the only Eden Project. So Eden Project Qingdao is currently under construction. Um, wow, and how? Um, Eden Project, and, and there are exciting plans. There's, there's huge public support behind the idea of Eden Project Morecambe, so one in the north of England. Uh, we've also got some exciting conversations underway uh, in D, uh, in New Zealand. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, and, and 
much, much closer to home, but a, pro a partnership that I'm incredibly excited about is a local multi-academy trust uh, are building a net zero carbon free school just up the road yeah. from Eden Project Cornwall, uh, which will yeah. include within it uh, an Eden Project nursery. Uh, children, not plants. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, so I, I think it is about, <coughs> about that kind of um, convening role um, and how we can sit in the middle of big conversations nationally and internationally but but really kind of um, ground that in real practice with real teachers and real children and in real schools, including um, the Sky Primary, the, the net zero carbon school that's going to be open just up the road from us. So, yeah, it's yes. it's it's about having kind of uh, broad uh, our arms open wide, I think, to, yes. to, to, to keep that connection with with everything that's happening on the ground and really linked into those bigger, broader conversations and ambitions. Real talk from Sam Kendall there, an absolutely amazing discussion. I, I love it. Yeah, it's the local, it's the local, the national, the international. We have to, the, the scales. I, I love the fact that you are, your ambition is to is to be at the table at every at every scale, at every level, because I think that is the uh, multimodal approach is something that, you know, uh, has shown uh, traction as getting traction in the past. So, Sam, I have so enjoyed. I, I want to say thank you so much for spending uh, all of this time uh, with us on Teachers Talk Radio today. Um, I know that you know Kaylee's going to be signing up to to become a, a a change maker, and I hope also as well that anyone listening in the studio over the course of the show or downloading later in all the usual spaces and places, uh, if you are interested in 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 just hearing more, actually, um, you know, you're not signing on the dotted line just yet, but I mean, if you would like to think about how you can adjust your rainforest to biodiversity scheme of work with um you know and, and bring in some of the ideas from eden project then please do reach out to, to sam and her team at the eden project pro project i think you are in very safe green hands <laughs> so thank you so much sam for coming on teachers talk radio and uh we really appreciate your your, your expertise and your efforts um and keep up the amazing phenomenal work there at the eden project Oh, thank you, Dorian. It's been a really lovely opportunity. What a privilege just to get to talk about myself and my team and our work <laughs> and this stuff that I'm, I'm super, you know, it's my thing. So, so thank you. It's been really lovely to have this opportunity. Um, An absolute thank pleasure. Thank listeners for their great questions and comments <laughs> as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much and have a lovely weekend, everybody. One more week and then it's the Christmas holidays. Bring Hang it on. In Hang, Hang in, in there. <laughs> Cheerio. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.